Welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own astrological midlife by speaking with all sorts of inspiring people about their life and work. Although common understanding of midlife is a bit older, astrological midlife relates to Western astrology transits that run from the mid-30s to the mid-40s for everyone. Each of the four main midlife transits have an overall theme, though details vary by generation and by individual. It directly corresponds to the term midlife crisis. If you're new to the show, welcome. A few things to note. At the end of the episode, I share a track of my original music. There's a link to guest contact as well as my website in the show notes. And as always, please share episodes you think your friends might like so people can find out about the show, or even better, give it a great review online. This Aries new moon is the second in a row, and it's a solar eclipse. Astrologers have been heralding it as a very powerful new moon, a good one to make new intentions, and it'll be followed in a couple of weeks by a lunar eclipse in Libra too. So lunar eclipse is where you go outside, see the moon, and the sun is just the shadows coming across. And so it sometimes is a blood moon looking all red. And, and you may have seen one of those. The thing is, sometimes that eclipse isn't visible from everywhere around the world. So I won't be seeing it myself this time. But don't worry, it still has an effect. Eclipse season is upon us. Today's guest is very fitting for a solar eclipse. Bastien Gras is all about the sun in terms of circadian rhythms. His app, Circadian Your Natural Rhythm, is fascinating, and you can find out more about this at circadian.life or keep on listening. Bastien, well. <laughs> welcome to unraveling midlife it's great to have you here i can't wait to hear what you have to offer well, let's start tell us about yourself what what's what make what keeps you alive and passionate about life what keeps me alive is a good question i don't really know Probably um, oxygen, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm really i'm really passionate about health um I'm passionate about health. I'm passionate about light. I'm passionate about circadian rhythms. I'm passionate about natural living. Um, I'm passionate about consciousness and perception. Um, yeah, all these things, all the good things. So circadian rhythms and natural living. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I guess we mostly live now, um, I guess, cut off from the natural world. Most people live by a an artificial schedule that's either driven by society or by work most of the time, really. Um, and we just try to fit everything in around that and um, don't even think about it, really. And unfortunately, people are not aware that that has kind of massive consequences because that means we are, um, well, A, A, we live mostly inside, like in the, in the, in the Western world, on average, like people spend 95% of their time inside. Um, which is obviously not so good. So we're cut off from nature and we're completely cut off from the natural light and dark cycles and life on the planet um, 
obviously has evolved around the rise and fall of the sun. Um, all animals, all plants, um, even microbes, fungi, all orient their life um, on that rhythm or via that rhythm because I need to anticipate when things are happening in nature um, to be better equipped. And yeah, we lost um, we lost our way in that. Um, one of the many ways we lost our way, but it's obviously quite a fundamental way. So when I learned about the impact of circadian rhythms and particularly light, because light is a main driver for circadian rhythms, um, I just, yeah, just devoured every piece of information that I could find for a few years and, you know, reading books and podcasts and um, looking at, at all sorts of videos and just diving into it. And it was just really hooked because, yeah, the, some something about the light piece really fascinates me. And um, at the end of the day, we are light, you know, light when it's slowed down becomes matter. So, um it's yeah it's a really fascinating topic on so many different angles and no one really knows what light is <laughs> it's like one of these things um it can be a particle it can be a wave but that's all quite a limited perception still um and yeah i remember one quote from from einstein he said something along the lines um that he kind of studied light for 50 years and he still hasn't hasn't got a clue what it actually is and that really hasn't changed. We have more information. We have more nuance in, in many facets of it. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, we don't really know. And the interesting thing is like life is in a way is like electromagnetic. It's not biochemical. So the, um, the, elec the electricity that animates life, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a, again, it's such a complex complex thing to to dive into because you need to have an understanding of physics um then we have the entire realm of kind of quantum physics and quantum biology that's emerging where the entire piece of of circadian rhythm the light actually slots in um but even if we don't go there like on a fundamental level it's just like really what organizes life and what organizes life in our body in our physiology are circadian clocks that determine what happens when each cell has a clock um, and obviously the the cells need to communicate between each other the tissues need to communicate between each other and all of that is organized and orchestrated by circadian clocks which are again driven by light so it's it's really at the it's a really fundamental essential kind of baseline of life and if circadian rhythms are disrupted then in a simple way we end up with disruption and we end up with inflammation and inflammation is a synonym for disease oh that's actually a really good point inflammation is synonym for disease hmm. Hmm. so for your average person who might not want to get into the quantum physics quantum biology i think what does that what does that mean is 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 there a prescribed way we should be um living across the board or are there, do different people have different rhythms? Like, you know, they people talk about the, the morning lark and the night owl. Like, how does all that all come into play? Well, it's, I mean, there's lots of discussion around it. Um, but if we, if we look at it, we are the only species that decided to um, not pay attention anymore to what's happening in nature and to kind of um, 
yeah disconnect from the natural rhythm we don't we don't care anymore when the sun rises we don't care when the sun sets we just do whatever we want when we want because we can um so there's no other species that behaves like that and if we obviously look at our um rampant diseases and we're getting sicker by the day and modern modern diseases from cancer to to diabetes to uh, alzheimer's and everything else autoimmune diseases are, are skyrocketing um and particularly in the last 10 years that trend has been increasing dramatically and one of the things that changed in the last 10 years is the um introduction or the not the introduction but the the explosion of cell phones and the and the technology and the multiple devices people are having and they're carrying them with them all the time and looking at them all the time um and that goes along with getting a light signal like constantly and that light signal is um basically whenever you look at your phone to put it simply you tell your brain it's midday ah okay so your master clock, which sits in the in the SCN in the in the hypothalamus region of the brain, um, gets the wrong light signal. Hence, uh, coordination with every other cell of the body is like off, and that in itself is just a big um, a big issue, really. Right. So every time we scroll first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Or middle of yeah, or middle of the day. If you do it in the middle of the day, it's not so not so much a problem because you're kind of at least you know, kind of uh, the timing information is right. Because the thing is with with circadian rhythms, they not only um, help us anticipate when certain physiological processes need to happen in our body. Um, there's also a rhythm when things ought to happen, like for example, cortisol. Um, needs to rise in the morning spike basically and then kind of recede over the course of the day and then on the other end or antagonistically to that you have melatonin at night which slowly rises when cortisol kind of is at its lowest and then that's supposed to rise so blue light from devices interferes with that massively so it's just one example where just one rhythm and there's a rhythm for every hormone in the body there's a rhythm for for every process um that's being disrupted so and 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 that's really the problem and the idea with um or the discussion around you know night owls and um morning birds for example it's interesting if you look at um if you look at people who do night shift for example they're um health across the board is just way worse than in the general population and mm -hmm. a similar thing you you see actually in people who have a preference to be um, awake at night same thing um not a quite as pronounced or not quite as bad as in people who do shift work but similar across the board the health is way worse than people who have a preference to be awake in the morning so that in itself um is tells me that we're not meant to be awake um you know like for large chunks of the night um and also the the thing really is that an enabler or what enables us to be awake at night in the first place is artificial light mm -hmm. if we wouldn't have access to artificial light we would get sleepy and fall asleep yeah and 
even you know, if there was a big fire, a bonfire, that kind of has a yeah, different quality of life, right? Very different than the, I mean, it's, it's we, we kind of know all of that because the, the LEDs have been introduced like in the early 2000s with the idea of increasing productivity, wow. which, which they actually do because they give you a hit. The, the, the blue light wavelength is, is a little bit of a stressor. Um, it raises cortisol, it, it you know, gets adrenaline pumping. Um, so it gives us actually a boost. But if we do that at night, well, that's not at what, when it's meant to happen. So if we would take that, that stimulus away, um, the vast majority of people, I would, I would dare to say 99% of people would go to bed earlier. Mm. Yeah, I'm very much a daytime person myself. <laughs> I really struggle staying up till midnight sometimes. Which yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 happen. just interesting. We're we're just so personally, just from my experience, we're just we're just so. I was so unaware of even when sunrise is. Like, and I didn't it, it didn't concern me whether it was summer or winter. I just got up when I either had to get up. Or when I felt like getting up, you know, oh. disre disregarding, disregarding anything else, any kind of rhythm. And that's just, that's another really um, kind of key aspect that's not very sexy is kind of that sense of um, continuity and consistency. Because yeah. the rhythm, and it's very, very obvious in, in children and in, 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 in toddlers in particular, right? If their rhythm is disrupted, they're cranky as fuck. Excuse my... <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not fun to be around, but a similar thing happens in in adults. We're no different. So if we constantly disrupt our rhythm, or if we don't have a rhythm because we're all over the place, that's not helpful on any level. No, I agree. I work so much better on a good rhythm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really gets me in October and November, and the sun rises really early, and I naturally wake in around sunrise and it, it, it's really annoying because I want to I want to sleep a bit more but I find it virtually impossible <laughs> yeah. oh so what, what I mean you clearly know a lot about circadian rhythms um is that part of your work what what do you do do you work with people on that yeah no I don't work with people um I run a little startup um we have an app called circadian your natural oh, cool. rhythm um, so that's kind of my, my baby and my passion and what I'm kind of keen about because it's just a, a good way of reaching people and basically just helping them, you know, creating some more awareness of what's going on and the problems and why they should even care about it. And then also just in a simple way of kind of restructuring your day and your rhythm. And the, the whole idea is to, to start living more by your biological rhythm and optimize for that and then fit in your the rest of your life around that oh yeah yeah and who doesn't want better health yeah but again we need to that's the thing we, we need to make some sacrifices right we need to prioritize it because if we're not willing to prioritize it it comes second third or fourth or fifth um and then it just doesn't have the the standing it it needs in particular when when we age we really don't have the luxury to um I guess to to dabble or just to to you know just uh deal with it another day it just doesn't work like that so i mean given that the the podcast is loosely based on like that astrological midlife like when did you find the circadian rhythm stuff i mean you you've been you kind of like 
ju just really passed through astrological midlife um recently like last year so was it over that time between like 35 to 44 that you, you found that and yeah i probably came across the cat and rhythms when i was 39 40 yeah yeah right in the middle mm, mm. and so how do people use the app well, basically, you just download it and just um, start playing with it. The idea is really just, it, it depends what you want to address. It's really about making some lifestyle changes. And whether that's um, starting to wake with the sun, where you set you know, your morning alarm in relation to, to sunrise, and just have that as an anchor um, to nature. And then let's say whether it's, you know, ideally, it's like a little bit before sunrise, but even if it's like half an hour or an hour after sunrise, um, then at least you have a you're kind of tied in with the with the seasonal changes and you have a reference point that's actually based in the real world rather than something artificial. Um, whether it's something like that or going to bed at the same time or uh, maybe start wearing some blue blockers after after dark, so you block the blue light and don't get you know mess up sleep and circadian rhythms. Um, or blue you, the, 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 like the glasses, you mean? Yeah, they are blue light blocking glasses, like, um, like with orange or red lenses. And basically, you want to put them on after, after nightfall to, um, yeah, protect your circadian rhythm because otherwise the blue light triggers the melanopsin cells in your eye, which, um, tell your, your SCN that, you know, it's daytime and, we need to be awake and we need to be active when we're actually in the process of winding down and, and shutting shop. Mm. So what, what's your take on daylight savings? Well, daylight savings is, is definitely not helpful, um, but it's just another, whether it's standard time or daylight savings time, people seem to get, some people get themselves in a snit about it um, one way or the other, um, but both is arbitrary. It's just a, it's just a clock number that, really has no bearing if if you want to do one thing you that's why it's so important um to start relating your your rhythm to the sun somewhat somehow yeah mm. because then then you only need the clock time whatever the clock time is to kind of organize you know social or work activities but it, as long as you're kind of waking and sleeping and eating ideally is kind of based um around the the natural rhythm then you don't have a problem really so what um, is that eating around the natural rhythm is that eating around sunrise and sunset as well as in the middle of the day well in, in in a simple way um to eat during the day and not not eat at night um mm. there's tons of research on intermittent fasting and the earlier you have your eating window the better it actually is um mm. which is again contrary to how most people do it most people skip breakfast and then um, you know, have lunch and, and a late dinner, which is really far, far, yeah, far from ideal, um, messes with your sleep, messes with your hormones, um, and makes you gain weight and lots of other things. It's just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how did you come across all this? How did you become interested in this topic? Well, I started my own health journey really. And then initially I started just with with diet change, like everyone does, just you want to be healthier, you change your diet kind of thing and eat better. Um, but that's actually very limited. Um, yes, you can make lots of progress for sure, because particularly when most people, if you eat a shitty diet of processed food and um, 
and most food these days is full of chemicals and 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 either other poisons particular grains like full of glyphosate which is like like not good at all but so you can clean up um somewhat but still food food is just fuel for the body your engines your cells your mitochondria who actually produce all the energy they don't care so much about the food that's coming in because of the food just gets converted to electrons um, which is then made to energy but um so it's much more important that you actually maintain your engine so to speak um and the connections in your body so that they are optimal because then you can get away with actually putting shitty fuel in um mm -hmm. to some degree um so it, it's that's where the the idea of of health and people just focusing on um, eating a little bit better and moving a bit better even so it helps but it doesn't address the fundamental problem which is you actually need to do the things to to harmonize your body so it can can function there's no disruptions um, in the machinery without that you're pedaling upstream and it's and it's not not going very far and it's just the same sim the same idea with you know genetics has been the the focus for so many decades now or oh, it's the genes and if you have bad genes you're kind of screwed well mm -hmm. that's that's we know now that's complete nonsense because epigenetics actually trumps uh, the genome because it decides what genes are turned on and off and when and that's exactly what circadian rhythms do that's what light does that's what lifestyle does so but if you just recapping in case there's listeners that aren't familiar with the term how would you explain epigenetics? Well, epigenetics is basically um, your your environment, what you do, your behaviors, and the the influences of the life you live basically drives what genes are turned on and, and turned off. So that's where lifestyle in and lifestyle medicine comes in, um, because you are not at the mercy of your genes at all. Um, and that's really the... I guess that's the encouraging, it's also a really encouraging thing, but it also means that you need to take responsibility because you might have great genes, but if you live a bad lifestyle, <laughs> that's still biting you in the bum sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people are finding that. <laughs> and yeah, and that that analogy, you know, with, you know, if, if a fish gets sick um, and it's in kind of swimming in dirty water, like, well, is it the diet or is it the environment? Right. So it's, it's, yeah. It, yeah. And it's the same as for us because the light we live under the, um, the other stresses of life, whether it's, it's noise pollution or you know, toxins <laughs> in the air, chemicals, um, other stressors, just a stressful environment that it kind of has obviously a huge impact on us. Yeah, last year I um I got told to cut a number of things out of my diet, and I think the biggest, I mean, I knew that cutting out grain and gluten would would make a difference in dairy because I'd done that before. Um, that the one I hadn't cut out before was preservatives, and mm. oh my gosh, the difference in how I felt because I wasn't eating anything that had this. There's so much. Like I bought dates without checking the labels recently, and they're freaking injected with canola oil um like really seriously and everything's got like citric acid added or natural flavors like whoa <laughs> yeah and I, I think it's just really for what I, what I, I like that idea of um 
connecting people back to to the real world mm. and i think awareness around sunrise sunset you know having that's a that's a funny thing go, just briefly going back to light um because the way people live was basically artificial light during the day and artificial light at night um you're getting it wrong on both accounts because you're not getting enough and the wrong light during the day and you're mm -hmm. getting way too much and the wrong light at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also that another example, which is so hilarious if you kind of understand light a little bit. When we're going outside, we're putting sunglasses on, we're putting clothing on, we're putting sunscreen on. When we're going inside, we take everything off and going, oh, it just hit me with the artificial shit that we're sitting under. It's actually, it's so ridiculous what's happening, but it's just shows the level of, I guess, unawareness and disconnection that we kind of created. Um, and it just, it just, it just keeps us trapped and keeps us trapped in making bad decisions. Because it's, it's like the other aspect of light that I, that I like so much is just particularly around sunrise. Besides, uh, whoop, hold on a second. So at sunrise, besides uh, um, setting your circadian clock, besides kind of spiking cortisol, um, besides preparing you for the rest of the day gently with a lot of the red light that's there. I know we haven't talked about all the details, but um, so much is happening at sunrise when you when you're exposed to it and when you perceive it with your skin and your eyes. But the um there's also something like actually kind of spiritually like the the light of the sun it kind of reminds me at least to it, it i'm not thinking small i'm thinking much bigger like it, it has an expansive kind of quality and it has a soothing quality and it's almost like that that spark of life that 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 ignition that 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 waking up it 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 is that literally and it is that metaphorically as well um and we kind of yeah we, we're not doing well if we're if we're disconnected from nature and that that kind of finding a way to touch back in on a daily basis um is can be so powerful and is most powerful for almost everyone who does it and once you kind of start you get hooked because we're actually we're actually um designed to be addicted to the sun we mm -hmm. make we make particular with under UV light, which is like oh dangerous. No, well if you are if you're behaving in stupid ways, yes it is, like everything else. But we actually we make dopamine, we make serotonin, we make uh, beta endorphin, we make a whole range of other kind of compounds that actually not only boost our mood and cognition, um, it also really draws us. We're, we're asking for more because we want more because it feels so good nature isn't so stupid that it would design us this way if it would actually be detrimental to us mm. so i know that you know like the sun it's almost yeah so many of us don't really think about the fact that it is our life force really if we didn't have the sun we wouldn't be here um, no, no, nothing would <laughs> nothing would nothing would um, but I also know that there's a lot of focus on phases of the moon as well. Do you, in your circadian rhythms, have you 
what what are your thoughts on on moon and moonlight i haven't really looked into that too much what i what i gather is that um and you become more aware of it because particularly if you um stop switching the lights on at night and or just have really dim lighting um or you know ideally kind of an orange or red light because that doesn't disrupt if it's dim it doesn't really disrupt circadian rhythms um so if you do that you be one thing that happens you become more aware of the moon and when the moon is actually out and there are no clouds it's like holy holy shit it's bright like super bright Mm. um and i notice personally that um when the when the moon is is full or close to full um i actually need to put my i have an eye mask that i put on um when that's the case so i can actually sleep because I think we had rituals like during that time, right? When the when the moon was full, we were more active. We used that time for extended hunts or for celebrations, um, because the, the the light kind of almost like made that happen. Because you can't, even so, it's very dim. It's it's such a low lux, um, even so it appears really bright. It still has a has a invigorating and stimulating effect. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. I, I know that when I lived um, without a car, um, because I'd be walking home after dark, I was really led by the light of the moon. I remember seeing it, you know, like in Canada with just glinting off all the snow. It was it was just fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yes, even beautiful in the woods, like walking in the woods at night when the when the moon's out, you really your eyes adapt. If you mm-hmm. if you don't use a flashlight or anything, you can just like like awesome yeah 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 i did get an orange um bulb once a friend of mine got one so i went and got one but it turned out it works through the wi-fi and then uh i didn't use it enough and then it would reset so i'd turn on this on, on my light expecting this gorgeous orange glow and it would be this bright white flashing and i'm like oh how do I, what's my login how do i like oh it was yeah it was a bit of a bit of a um that's cool. <laughs> mm, yeah. Use it a lot. I think that was that would um, work out okay. But then it's all the invisible um, Wi-Fi and all that happening as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another whole rabbit hole to go down into. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, how do people find you? Find your app. What What's the name of the app? Uh, the the app's called Circadian, Your Natural Rhythm. It's on the app in the Play Store. Um, so you can either go there directly or easiest way is just going to the website, which is circadian.life, L-I-F-E. Um, yeah, and all the, the links, the content um, is on there. Circadian.life, great. Because that's, that's what you're doing, living circadian. <laughs> yeah, and just that's the thing. It's just like, it's quite nice to really start to live more outside with the elements with nature just set up an outside um outside shower and a composting toilet and so it's just everything is more yeah i'm not so cut off and really that's kind of my where i want to go and just explore how far i can take it and i also just notice you know i'm 45 now and um yeah fitter than i've ever been and in better shape than i've ever been and i see people around me kind of declining Mm. um and it's just another that's just and it really like hit me that it's like okay i i get it like if you wanna 
um, have a good quality of life, if you want to be healthy, if you want to be capable, you need to make health your number one priority. There's just no way around it. Um, and it's not even, for me, it's not even, that's not really so much the driver. It's just more like I really want to find out like what this body is capable of if I take the boss best possible care of it and just see what happens. Um, I'm just really curious about that. Just like, it's like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, what's going to happen? And how will I be in better shape in 10 years than I am now? Is that possible? I want to find out. So it's just like, yeah, I'm really like, curious. So, I mean, I, I don't mean to pry, but it's not just getting up with the sun and going to bed early and the lighting and stuff. Have you been doing like physical, different physical activities and things as well? Oh yeah. Movement is, is movement and exercise is, is, is essential for sure. Um, there's there's no way about it and, and good food is important too um, it's a whole I guess it's a whole lifestyle it's a whole enchilada really um, that's important but the the baseline for that your body can function at its best and that the rhythms that are supposed to happen are actually happening and are not interrupted um, that's all about well the, the three triggers for circadian rhythms is light food intake and movement so it's more about the when than the than the what if you wish huh. um so the timing is really important so again with food the idea is to eat during the day and it's it's like again if you think about it, it's like duh you don't need food at night you don't need energy at night you're going to sleep you're going to rest and shut shop and repair and replenish um we need energy during the day so it makes sense to eat during the day um so that's that's really important um and then movement um similar thing you want to you want to move during the day you want to be active during the day and you know not go to the gym at whatever eight at night and go for a full-on workout and then try to sleep at 10 o'clock it's just like it's just like it doesn't make sense in any book yes it makes sense if you live in artificial rhythm and can't fit it in in any other place or any other time but it's it's not in your best interest so you said it doesn't doesn't really matter what you eat; it matters when. I just wanted to clarify that because did you? Yeah, you you could have what you eat. Like if you well eat if it, well if you have the if you have the let's say you take the the best possible meal that you can think of and what that is. You know, let's let's leave that up for discussion. But mm -hmm. let's just say you have the best possible meal and you eat it like at eight o'clock at night and then you go to bed at ten. That meal is not healthy. No. That's kicking you in the guts, literally. And which is better, McDonald's at midday? Well, in a way, yes. Ah, but the ideal would be a really healthy meal at midday. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> just wanted to clarify that. Just taken out of context. That doesn't matter what I eat as long as I eat in the day. Bowl, bowl, chocolate, ice cream, <laughs> chips. <laughs> but there's an, but there's another interesting. Um, interesting thing that's really overlooked with regards to exercise because people are mostly told and the prevalent idea is that oh yeah just do lots of cardio well cardio is actually not that helpful either because actually, what yeah everyone tells me don't do so much cardio these days i think it's i think it's shifting but yeah that is that has been around for as a yeah as because what what happens at, at the end of the day you are you're you know, A, you need to, if you start doing cardio, you need to do cardio longer and longer and longer for it to have the same effect and kind of to maintain the same level. 
and your body just becomes more efficient. Um, the thing is, on the other hand, if you actually build muscle, um, muscle is uh, very metabolically active tissue, meaning it, it just burns way more calorie, even at rest. Yeah. So, and then it's also super protective. Yeah. Like so many people, when they get older, they fall and, you know, break a hip or break a leg or break whatever. Um, all of that is much less likely to happen if you have muscle mass because a, it's protective and you're more able and you're more flexible and you're stronger. Um, and you also, and then the whole thing with the bones, the bones need to be stressed as well. Otherwise get osteoporosis and other problems, arthritis. So if we, if we actually do, if you actually do like uh, body weight stuff or, or weight training, then you strengthen all of that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, yeah. And it just, and you get away with eating more than you than you ought to be because it just burn it off easier. So it's just it's just a, on so many levels building muscle makes so much more sense metabolically speaking um, than um, than cardio. And mm -hmm. it's interesting also like you know they there's quite a few like and it's very interesting actually grip strength is one of the best best predictors of um, mortality. Or not just oh. the mortality, but like uh, longevity. The better your grip strength, the longer you kind of live. So it's just it's just fascinating that there's. I mean, it's not necessarily causal, but it's just what they found statistically, um, and it just makes sense because you have a strong grip strength. It's not just it's not just the the strength in your arm. It's in it's in the shoulder. It's in the chest. It's like everywhere. It's kind of core strength as well. So it's yeah, it's it's fascinating. I actually did a grip strength test um maybe gosh a few months back and uh and I was well below the recommended and I was like oh oh dear so that's a really good uh kick up the pants to even when I'm holding barbells during a workout to really grip on because that's the way that um the wrist can build strength too is what I found and I yeah and the longer the longer you use it the longer you hold it the stronger you get and yeah. also, like most people are just, you know, overweight. That's just the thing. Most people are overweight, and even there's such a thing as kind of skinny fat, and yes. that's that's actually where people look actually healthy and look they look lean. They are lean, but they have a lot of um, fat tissue, particularly around the waistline, like under the skin, and that's yeah. actually um, often often more dangerous than people who are actually um, like overweight and have have that um, extra extra fat mass and that's really the thing with if you work out and if you start building muscle then well you burn off the the fat tissue you actually use the energy that's there for the for the exercise and then you convert it and you then you convert and recruit muscle cells um it's just yeah makes sense on every level mm -hmm. ah wow so Waking near sunrise, preferably slightly earlier. Eating during light hours. Yes. Um, move your body during the day. Move your body during the day. And then when it comes to sunset, I guess that depends on the time of year, but it's about like either wearing blue blockers. Maybe I'll be looking online at blue blockers after this. Um, and, uh, and making sure that the light source isn't stimulating us to feel like it's the middle of the day and we have to be on. I know that when I look at my phone before I go to sleep, I end up having a really great sleep. 
Yeah, and just, you know, dim at least dim the phone way down, just simple things like that. There's a software you can install where you, or the, you know, the, the iPhone has kind of a red, a red filter. Yeah, so ideally yeah. you do these things um, to, to minimize the, the impact of the light. But I always, I, I do all of those things and I wear blue blockers because I'm just not, I'm just not, yeah. I just, it impacts me too much. The funny thing is once you um, start redraining your eyes a bit, you actually become aware how, aggressive and how toxic the artificial light from NEDs actually is oh when I've been like on holiday and then I head into like anywhere with that horrible um you know just those those I guess that the other UV lights is that what they're called um the no, office lights. Those, those office lights that oh are just the uh, the complex fluorescent or the yeah 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 the, the fluoro lights that's it no. I haven't been hanging out in an office recently um and I just kind of go oh I need my glasses <laughs> I don't even really need glasses but when I'm in those kind of areas with the kind of light it just helps yeah I mean I don't want to open up another rabbit hole but the you know the the like is it 50 percent no sorry it's like um 30 percent of the world's population um are myopic now are short-sighted uh, and that's predicted within the next few years to to go to half of the world's population. Oh, especially after um, the, all the lockdowns. Yeah, well, that's that's contributing as a big factor. And the um, well, the the main the official theory is it's like oh, it's because um, we only look at things kind of close to us, um, and like with all the devices and the screens, and we're not looking out and having having the vista anymore and doing long distance viewing. Or very little and that's definitely a factor which elongates the eyeball but was also elongates the eyeball is actually blue light ah <laughs> so just the quality of the blue and light. uh i think i just throw that in quickly because it's important for people to know this the short wavelengths of the light spectrum is like the ultraviolet and the blue and on the other end on the long wavelengths you have the red and the infrared the short wavelengths to make it really simple is, is stimulating and is a stressor and the long wavelengths is regenerative and repairing. The modern LEDs have zero red and infrared. You only get stressed and oxidize the tissue like constantly. Right. So we really should be hanging out in a red light district for bunch. <laughs> yeah well it's better or get some sunshine because sunlight is always 50 percent red and infrared we need it it's essential we evolved under it without getting red and infrared you're not only screwing up your eyes you're screwing up your skin um there's so many other aspects and because light also penetrates really deeply we need the red and the infrared and most people actually live almost without it wow you wow. cannot you cannot repair you cannot regenerate it's impossible mm. it's mm. a fast it's a fast track to disease and you know breakdown of tissues i guess with so many things being remote the that one advantage of um working from home is like not having the fluorescent lights and being able to have more natural light mm. Mm. wow plenty of food for thought so circadian dot life to find the app circadian your natural rhythm rhythm yes yeah 
Great. Oh, thanks so much, Bastian. Have you got anything else that you want to leave? No, I, I just hope I just um, got some people thinking um, in a new way and just write, write some thoughts or or triggered some people, whichever way it goes, it's, that's all good. And just, yeah, if people want to investigate and are curious and my job's done. Great, thanks so much. Thank you. Welcome to the music section of the show. With the show's focus on the sun, I have unearthed the first recording of the very first song I ever wrote. It was recorded in late 2002 at Yashodra Ashram in Canada, back when recording equipment was not easy to come by. Therefore, you know, keep that in mind when you're listening. <laughs> the song arrived while walking in the Hooker Valley in Aoraki Mount Cook National Park in early 2000, just after we'd survived the Y2K bug. <laughs> I went back to the valley this summer, and although it's become an incredible superhighway, of many more people than there used to be, it still holds the same impactful sense of peace and oneness as ever. the song. 
Unraveling Midlife is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by www.sarahmarlowspence.com Theme music is by Sarah Marlow Spence and Saraspati Marie Willis and art by Samantha Hepburn. <laughs>